Get up. Welcome, folks. Y'all come on in and make yourself at home. This here, well, this is the Rolling Thunder Podcast. Your home for all things Rolling Thunder. This episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast is presented by Mossy Oak Camouflage because everything is better in Bottomland and Lucky Duck Premium Decoys, Masters of Deception. Welcome to another episode of the Rolling Thunder Podcast. What's up, man? Man, I feel like the guy who's like hasn't shot for Christmas presents yet. Like three days before Christmas, a little Why bit. Why is that? Because the season's upon us, and I don't know if I'm ready. Oh, you don't feel ready? <laughs> I feel like the guy in the tunnel before, like, the Super Bowl, and, like, I can hear the crowd and feel the <laughs> excitement. Like, it's just in the air, you know? <laughs> the oh, weather man. doesn't feel like it, but it's just that time, Heck, it man. did a week ago. It did a week. That's true. It's faking us out again. Not today. <laughs> well, listen, I guess before we get started, can we just talk about some of our awesome sponsors that kind of make yeah. this – this yeah. whole podcast deal possible? Yeah. You want me to go first? Yeah, I want you to go first. Man, uh, I'll take, okay, so I'll take Mossy Oak. Uh, you know, the cool thing about Mossy Oak and their partners, their sponsorship is that it's more than, you know, it's a it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. And the support that they've shown us for years is, I know we talked about this back in the springtime. It's like putting on the home home jersey, you know. It's like the home whites. It, it, That's right. Uh, um, it, it, it's just special, and uh, nothing says that quite to the level of um, the gift that Daniel sent me the other day. He gave me a record, um, like a vinyl record, yeah. of Philip Sanford Oltz, um, instructional video, on, uh, not video, but instructional uh, record, record <laughs> I yeah. want to say tape, of and how, to, how to call ducks, and, uh, and it had a nice note with it, but it just, it really... It really was a perfect example of how special their partnership is. It goes yeah. far beyond just what can you do for us. <laughs> sure, it, it's it's a and it's like their family friendship. You know, yeah, it's a friendship. Sure. It's um, so yeah. That that's that's why I wear bottom land. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I mean you also, go. Yeah, okay, so I'll talk about Shin Gear real quick. All right. So Shin Gear coming on the market last year and. It's just been really cool to see how the product has come out. We've had friends who have purchased waders, and mm-hmm. we've we had a chance to see them. But one of the message things, the page a bunch, you know, yeah, like the yeah. Thunder page. We're like, hey, where can we get these? Yep. And friends of ours, and and so, but to see people have such a great customer service experience, because like, mm. whenever your friends start doing something that you believe in, you're yep. like, you better I take hope care this goes of it, right. yeah. Because <laughs> if it doesn't, you yep. know, you got to see them at church and you got to yep. see them at. The, yeah, you, you have know, ownership the, in it. You know what I for mean? Sure. It, even though we have no ownership in Shin Gear, that's but, right. But when you endorse something, you've got a tremendous ownership in the no relationship doubt. at no that doubt. point. So you are nervous, and and I, so to see the the cool. customer service being so good and people being excited about waiter pants yep. and people being excited about being taken care of, the fact that they yep. they know that they can call and get Morgan or call and heck talk to Jones, like. Yep. You know anybody so. that has? I agree with you. That's been neat. We have. It's been incredible to see all the people that have sent messages to the page, asked yeah. us questions, and then gone and gotten them and yeah. sent us one back. Yeah. It's like, man, thank you for you know paving the way for that. Yeah, like, for, for sure. Us. So I, I agree. That's and been, it's been good, and it's been neat. you know, I've, it's it's been fun too to 
start seeing more and more of waiters out there. I know they've been selling a bunch, yep. but it's like to see them out yep. on people that you don't know yep. is pretty exciting. Yep. Have you so worn yours fun. yet? I have. This last weekend? Yeah. In Oklahoma? Yeah. yeah. Nice. It didn't help me kill ducks. <laughs> but I looked good. That's all right. That's no, right. I'm just kidding. That's I stayed right. I stayed dry and good. No, we we I don't well this is a different rabbit trail, but we, we got them. We didn't bang on them, but we got them. Good. So Awesome. But anyway, good. so we got good. the next one. I'll take the next one. Uh Kent Cartridge. Um man. Like I this I'm I hope I don't hope this doesn't hurt Jeff's feelings. <laughs> Jeff Barry up there, but it's kind of like uh, what I love about Kent cartridges, they always work. Like the consistency. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like when you buy premium ice cream, you know what you're going to get, you know? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Mean, uh, and, you know, they may not be the sexiest, latest, greatest, uh, you know, thing on the market. But, man, talk about the picture of consistency. And that's what you want in a shotgun shell. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily need something that's going to kill a duck at 120 yards. You, you know? don't need 1,900 feet per second. What I want is, <laughs> is kind of like what the duck commander said. You know, that's I want right. it to go boom, boom, boom. Every time. <laughs> and I love that about them. And uh, this year in Canada, I shot 20-gauge shells, number four shot um, out of my Benelli. And talk about just a – Lethal wicked combo, and yeah. uh, that's what that's what uh, Kirk was shooting when he was up there too. Yeah, twenty pop. Yep, and I, you know, full disclosure, I didn't really believe in it, but I did it, and <laughs> I do now. And your smile certainly yep. believed in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so you get the last one. Yeah, I'll talk to, talk about Lucky Duck and their man. Their spinner <laughs> is awesome. First of all, anyone I've ever seen who's who's used it or handled it themselves. Talk about the construction and how yep. it just feels good. They don't have to yep. worry about it getting wet. Yep. But the biggest thing is, at I think at the core of every waterfowler, even though they're go-getters and everything else, they're also lazy <laughs> down there somewhere, too. And they forget to charge stuff. Yeah. They, they're good about nine things, but they forget that laziness, ten thing. I don't know if it's laziness, but there's definitely an element of scatterbrainedness <laughs> okay, we'll and just disorganization. <laughs> but, but anyway... So fortunately, Lucky Duck's batteries will make up for that. Yeah, they last, they last here a whole ever. season. Well, speaking <laughs> of, so um, Ben loaned let me use his spinner last year, as any good brother does. I'm lazy, right? I'm a duck hunter. <laughs> last I forgot season, to, yeah. So I forgot <laughs> to give it back to him. So this year with the back and everything else like that, he's not exactly you know hey, saying hey, where's yeah. all my stuff? But I, I I was nice enough to loan his decoy out to somebody else. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> sent it. I sent it to Kansas with Ray. Ray didn't charge it. The oh battery still worked. Wow. I mean, <laughs> so, we're talking about 10 months later. That's right. Now, Holy smokes. Now, Lucky Duck, if you're listening, I, I'm not exactly promising that they're going to last 10 months. That's but incredible. All i got to say is these did. And That's then, incredible. And when you set them up and, the, and the, everything goes together, the wings are strong, and they're not they're sitting there sounding like a – like a mouse stuck under a sheet. Yeah. They're like, like that old used car, you, your first car that needed spray right. belt dressing on that's the, right. <laughs> the serpentine. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They're not just sitting there making all this noise. Yeah. So. It is well designed and they, they really do hold up. I mean, heck, we we took some to Canada this year that we've sure. been hunting over now for five or six seasons. I mean, and they, I haven't had to replace the batteries. And I don't, what's to validate your point about how long it, lasted the battery life lasted the um the the some of the decoys that we were using this year that i charged the batteries on before we left yeah you realize like because of the rules in arkansas and i don't hunt public i don't hunt private ground all that much like we don't hunt with those spinners 
throughout the season. That's right. Like a lot of people do. We hunt with them in Canada, and then we might, you know, just a little bit of the time during the season actually keep using those, and we don't use all of them. So I've got 10 spinners, you know, yeah. for our Canada spread or eight of them or something like that. And there's six or eight of those that basically only get used once two weeks the, yeah. out of the year, once a year, right? So And you trust them, and they come out, and they work. Yeah, I mean, so it just – Did you, you even know, test them before you left? Um, you just no. like, you're like the, you just the trust decoys? Them. Yeah, no. you're just like they're gonna work. I did charge all the batteries yeah. one time before I left because of the same thing. Like I've multiple trips. I don't think, and we didn't recharge them. I was about to say we were up there time. for ten days. We didn't charge them. Yeah, um, didn't need to. I mean, that's what I'm like, saying. We ran them got, every day. Yeah, I got a couple extra batteries that, in case one runs out, we can pop it in there. Talk but. about the new remote too. Well, I don't have one yet, but it's pretty. <laughs> okay. It's pretty sweet. I did explain it to a buddy of mine. Actually, Ricky Heath asked me about it this morning. So the cool thing about it is that they're different products. Say they've got, you know, spinners, duck spinners, then they've got splashers and, like, water motion, and then they've got goose motion. The flappers. Like the flappers, yeah. right. So all three of those motors have sort of a different set of remotes. Mm-hmm. or a, not, not set, a different remote. Yep. And in the past, you've had a remote for, for each, each of those things. and Each and channel. You can you – can, Program as many flappers to one flapper remote as you want and as many spinners to one spinner remote, but you've never been able to have one remote for both spinners and splashers and flappers. And so now they have a multi-channel remote where you can turn on and off by category, like spinners, splashers, flappers. And so pretty 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 handy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how they... Well, how they did that, but it's like well, for a scatterbrain waterfowler, it's nice to just think yeah. of one thing yeah. and charge it every now and that's then. That's exactly right. So. so we do, we do, you know, that, that's kind of fun. We do really appreciate all four of those sponsors. They no each, they each in their own way make it possible for us to do what we do, both helping us pay the bills and you know put keeping us in quality products, yeah. um, and then just socially supporting everything that we do that that means a lot and uh so no if you're listening and and you're still eager to know what we're going to talk about on today's episode i would beg of you to please support those fine companies and all the rest of the companies that help put on the film series and for sure we're, we're very fortunate to work with a whole fleet of amazing amazing companies so anyways no doubt. what are we going to talk about today i think there's something happening this weekend there is it's the only national holiday that happens between That's Halloween right. and Christmas, as far That's as I'm concerned. Right. <laughs> it's the big show, pal. But uh, but man, I'm I'm excited. This should be an interesting opener. You think? It'll the opener's always interesting, but it's almost always dry, man. You never have a flood at the opener, so I got you. I don't know. I think it'll be, I think it'll be like a lot of years past. I mean. Ducks are always needing water early in the season. It's just the way God made things. So, mm. you know, the old adage, if you've got water, you've got ducks, basically only works for the first split. So, uh, if you if you don't have water, you better go find some water. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> There's right. a reason they call them waterfowls. <laughs> yeah. All right, so basically, without giving too much away, I mean, kind of what's your what, – what's it looking like for you this weekend? Well, I always start on public. It's just kind of a, you know – family tradition i guess so mm-hmm. um trips fired up we shot some skeet the other day is this his first public uh, opener no 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 lord no he's he's been on at least the last four um public land openers 
Oh, that's um, right. I was there. Yeah, he was there last year with yeah, us. He okay. was there last year. He was there the year before that and the year before that. So this is his uh, – so last year he opened – you were there. Yep. year before last he opened. Uh, we beat him up with Jed and Paul and um, – and that crew, or that crew came and beat him up with us, I should say. And then the year before that, um, we – Is that that picture season, right there? You can't see two. it on the wall. But. Yep, that is. That's that's right. That's the opener of 19. That's a fair few ducks. <laughs> that's more than a fair few. That's a that's – a, that's, a, that's a, you know, 100-year-old red oak tree right there laying on the ground, and that's ducks from the root ball all the way to the first major limb, so <laughs> – that's pretty good. Good pretty, pretty good old opener. It's a big old time. Yep. Uh, the year before that is that picture right there on the left. And uh, there were not as many ducks that year. There was almost no water, but, you know, we made the best of it. Yeah. And, uh, I think that was called – that was season two, two, episode three or something like that. I can't remember what we called it. Heritage or something. The Next yeah. Generation. No, no, that was a different next one. generation was the kid hunt with Mallard Estates. Yep. I believe. Um we'll see if we can grab those pictures and put them up on the Yeah. Uh so so yeah, it answer your question. This is probably his I'm gonna say this is, will be his fifth public open or maybe fourth, but Man. he is super fired up. This will be the first year he's shooting. Okay. So uh, I finally I found him a compact twenty gauge and um we shot a box of shells the other day. He he about his fifth shot he knocked skeet out of the air um if if one will hold still he will absolutely water swat <laughs> the hell out of it so uh we are fully intending on getting some boots on the ground yes sir boots on the water and and uh rake him over he he is he has got blood in his eyes he's killed two deer already this season yeah he is flat pulling the trigger he's missed two killed two two he missed were long 200 plus yard shots and he was just dying yeah, i can i can hit him dad i can hit him i can hit him okay go ahead son let so her fly he got him a rest and, and she just didn't even pick her head up you know so it's like <laughs> son you're gonna have to hold a little more still that's a long shot and he, anyways he's he's really kind of he's coming to his own element for sure he's got blood in his eyes and he's he told his mama this morning i just can't wait i'm gonna shoot a duck out of the air mom i'm, I'm gonna shoot a duck out of the air so He's fired up, but uh, you asked me what our strategy was for this weekend. Man, we're going where there's always some water. Yeah. And because, uh, again, they're called waterfowl. You got to have water. Um, and and so we're, we're going to where we know there's some water. My strategy is going to be to get underneath them, but off the beaten path. I'm going to try to get in a, a spot that um, – most people don't think of and if you were scouting you'd walk through some water to get there but you you wouldn't find ducks there mm. so i'm going to try to get underneath them break them down yeah yeah i'm going to give them the old the old uh hoot and holler i guess you could say <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to take a deep breath and let her rip and give my awesome. duck call all she's worth and uh i'm going to do that because i don't really need to get in a cuss fight with somebody you know <laughs> uh Tripp's going to find out in his lifetime what a sinful, depraved human I am. He doesn't need to see it firsthand at 10 years of age. So Not yet. <laughs> I'm going to try to stay out of a boat race. Um, I'm going to 
you know, yeah, I'm going to try my best to stay on the edges of the duck. So sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but, but I'm going to, I guess, strategy wise, I'm going to hunt public. I'm going to get in shallow water and I'm going to try to get on the edge of flight line yeah. and, and hope I can trick a few of them come on down through the trees. Well, there so you go. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it should be a good one. I think I've only missed one in the last, gosh, I'm about to be 40. I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40 in February. I, the only opener that I have missed since I was mm, nine. Mm. So in 30 years, I've only missed one opener. And I was, it was, I couldn't get back that year. And, uh, man, it was heartbreaking. So it's, yeah, opening day is a big deal. You know, yeah. it's, it's special. It's definitely, and it, it's so different from like turkey opener. I've said this a million times, but it's so different because with turkey season, <clears throat> your spring is special in its own way, but, but you really, spring's just cool because it's finally not winter. It's still freezing <laughs> yeah. usually on opening it's day for, of turkey season. For sure. And and you hadn't had a bunch of time to really think about it and get ready. February's cold and wet, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden March rolls around. I was like, oh, okay, let's, let's go turkey hunt. But, man, opening day of duck season, you've had mm, – we hadn't duck hunted since January 31st. So we really had February, March, April, yeah. May, June, July, August, September, October, you had nine long months of cold and then warm and then hot as balls. <laughs> and then finally the leaves are starting to fall off the trees. And then you get that you, cold, it tricks yeah, you. Yeah, and you start getting excited. So to me, I mean, besides just duck hunting's just in our DNA, it always has been. You know, I think the coolest thing about opening day of duck season here at home is you just look forward to it for so stinking long. Mm -hmm. I mean, the lead up to it is just every month it just seems to get more and more intense from February all the way to November. It's like a a big football game after a bye. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like you're like, oh, got Alabama coming to town. Yeah, and I I can't think of anything else in life that's quite like that where you have such a long Mm -hmm. off-season and where every month of the off season kind of builds on the next month. You know, like in March, you're not exactly looking forward to duck season again. You are, but yeah. it's but only you're kind of okay for a little bit of a break. Right. But yeah. the only 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 time you're looking, you know, in March, it's like it's just a little more looking forward to it than February. And then in April, it's a little more than March. Mm-hmm. Still not a lot, but it's just every month just increases and increases and incrementally. So, yeah. So the other thing about I feel like it's different for the opener of duck season versus turkey season is there's just so many more people who do it, mm-hmm. like the turkey, uh, the duck hunting. Mm-hmm. So when you get over there, there's just like this. There's a camaraderie and a group there's, nature. There's that, but there's also like this activity of like once you hit the bridge, yeah. all of a sudden you'll see trucks with boats going yeah. down the river or going down the road, or yep. you'll see like you'll pass a gas station and the folks are there. There's like an energy where yep. you just know, even if that those people aren't in your group, uh-huh. you're just kind of like, you know. <laughs> yeah. One of you're us. right. You're yeah. right. It, it's a, there's definitely a. And then just duck hunting or waterfowl hunting in general, it's a group sport, whereas turkey season is an individual sport. Oh, yeah. So it's just a that whole dynamic of like, golly, it's my group again. These are my 
Yeah, this is the eight-man scramble, you know? and turkey season's a two-man scramble. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. This is like you know for Arkansas State Patrol. This is like harvest season for them too. I mean, there's all <laughs> <laughs> this is like their time I to shine. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I Don't roll a stop sign outside of Stucker. <laughs> so what's your what's your plan for opening weekend? I'll be I'll be near Stuttgart. Okay. On a on an assignment over there. Nice. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. Going to be. They got water. Yeah. I'd say you'll be all right. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> they, I saw a video from kind of what they were looking at scouting-wise. Heck, yeah. It looks like it'll be sharp. <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to be running the camera, the, vi- uh, the photo camera this weekend, so I'm awesome. looking forward to that. Yeah. So That'll be fun. It should, be, it should be a good time. I'm, good. I'm excited. I've been talking to some other friends that that are kind of in and around the area there. and mm-hmm. Some on some some talking public, some talking private lands. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of. Mm-hmm. Getting goofy for it, so oh yeah, it's that time. So it's neat, and I'm I'm glad that's you're gonna have a good time. You're going with a heck of a group of guys, and uh, that group that you're hunting with, man, they that same group hunts together every year for long, long time. Yeah, and, and so you'll, I think you'll enjoy kind of observing their friendship, and it's sort of like a family reunion you know opening day is kind of like seeing folks that you hadn't seen in a while and and I think that's so neat as I hear people tell stories you know everybody's kind of got something they do on opening day and it's Mm -hmm. like maybe it's not always the best hunting but it's a group of people you hunt with or you know for me it's my dad my uncle trip um it's just a group you know that's like all right this is we can count on for sure. Count on the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Is Trip taking Oreos with him this time. You know what? My policy on that is Trip can take whatever snack he wants when we're going hunting. <laughs> but I, isn't I forget? Isn't Oreos like y'all's like? Yeah, is Oreos is his whiskey toast. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it we we That's always awesome. we always toast the turkeys. Uh, kill a gobbler. We toast him with some, with a wild turkey. And, yeah. I mean, he killed his first turkey a couple of years ago. And, we're like, and now we're what? Like, well, I was just like, <laughs> if I let him have a taste of that old whiskey at this point in life, his mama's going to skin me alive. No I mean, they, doubt. That's what rehab is for. <laughs> no I don't doubt. need an eight-year-old taking whiskey shots. So, anyways, Oreos became his version of the celebratory shots, you know, while everybody else is hitting the whiskey. Gotcha. <laughs> but, you know, snacks are like such a part of the event. When he was really little, like, Oh gosh, I don't know. At the earliest I could possibly imagine buckling him into my truck in a car seat or whatever. I made a point of like every time he was in dad's truck to pretty much give him M&Ms or whatever snack he wanted because <laughs> I wanted that little booger to like getting in my truck. And to this day, it. he loves my truck. And I, I don't know that I've ever really told Lindy that, but like, like I if I had that to with, take with Fran. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, you it needs to, to be a big deal to get in the truck. Yeah, you I need to wait it. until well, first. You're gonna have to get a truck, Mr. Vince. Okay. <laughs> One of these days, we're whoa, gonna... <laughs> whoa! Didn't you have a van for a while? Absolutely. Okay, that's what yeah. I to say. But I didn't I'm feed just... my kids snacks so if they wanted to get in the van. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, but take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna sorry Homer Simpson back into the bushes there a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The uh, <laughs> that's funny no I did I, I don't know that I've ever told Lindy that but when when he had to you know when he was little seems like when they're little kids always kind of prefer to be with their mom you yeah. know when they can be and so they have to go with dad and you know it's kind of a problem it's like I don't want to go with dad so so you bribe him 
Pretty much, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, that's the key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wait until Fran's old enough to like actually appreciate the candy. Basically, you need to wait until mom starts saying no to the candy. Yeah. So there's this like Pavlovian, you know, like like dogs and treats, you know, dogs and treats. <laughs> very similar. Well, there's this kind of this this mutual understanding of like, hey, this is between us. This is our thing. <laughs> Yeah, and it it plays into the whole, listen, welcome to the truck. Here's some candy. (laughs) If you tell your mom about the candy, you won't be allowed to have candy. You can be back (laughs) in the truck just without the candy, which also plays into what happens at duck camp stays at duck camp. You're going to hear words this weekend, son, that are not appropriate for you you to take back to kindergarten. And you can't (laughs) use that in essays, normal conversation. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. So, Oh, uh, man. He, Tripp has definitely heard. Every word under the sun, plenty of highly inappropriate jokes about everything under the sun. Uh, yeah, there's something real good for a young man's soul about learning those things at, at, at hunting camp. My dad always said that you're going to learn how to spit and cuss and drink and chew and everything else. You might as well, you might as well learn it from me first. <laughs> That's right. Learn from the right people. <laughs> so. Oh man. Anyways. So in all your years of openers, what what's the favorite opener? I know it's really hard oh to rank, man. but like what's one in particular that's just very special? Oh probably the, the opener that sticks out the most in my mind is um I wanna say it was probably ninety five ish. And I, I may be off by a year either direction and and but Arkansas changed the limit on ducks from three to five. So you could the previous year you could kill two mallards and one extra duck. Yeah. And they made it where you could kill three mallards and two extra ducks. And so there were five of us that hunted. Um my dad, my uncle, and then Glenn Wimmer and his son Kevin. So the five of us hunted and we killed uh all our ducks. We killed all our mallards, and um, and then we killed all our extra ducks. We killed teal, yeah. so we had we had a full five duck limit, and we so we walked out of the woods with twenty five ducks, and we thought we were in high. Con- <laughs> Man, you just can't. I mean, it almost felt like you're getting away with something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, awesome. it was just like this is unbelievable. <laughs> we killed five ducks piece. You know, it was so cool. Because uh, I mean, three to the difference between three and five is huge. You know? The funny thing I always tell about that hunt. That hole still exists, and um, there were two or three holes next to it. Those woods are still crowded to this day, still where ducks like to go die. But there was one hole in that block of woods that the ducks just absolutely always wanted to be in. And um, the the guy who hunted there was a preacher. His name was Wendell Eubanks. So we called it Wendell's Hole. And and the ducks love that spot so much, and so – uh, my dad's a wonderful guy. My uncle's a wonderful guy. They're not great duck callers. I mean, they're, they hunt hard. They're good woodsmen and all that, polite, yeah. you know. But but we hunted next to Wendell's Hole, hoping that they would shoot out so we could walk over there to Wendell's slide over into Like, the- literally, that was our game plan. The game plan was like, <laughs> man, boy, the, you know, weather looks right, wind <laughs> looks right. Not because we're going to get them, but yeah. they're going to get them over there, and we're going to be the first ones in there. You know, it's like uh, – so we would, I mean, hope was our strategy. You know, yeah. we, we would. That sounds. That they sounds, would. Yeah, yeah. We, we would. We would stop calling, 
let them finish ducks and shoot them so that they could get out and we could get over there. I mean, that's that's the late 90s in Arkansas. That's how good the hunting was, you know. And uh, That particular morning, first day of duck season, I remember about three specific things. One, I had a pair of waders. My dad bought me a pair of waders that actually fit. Mm. And so in previous years, I, I want to say I was – 13, 14, like that. I was a, I was an early teenager. Couldn't drive. But but previous years to that, they, they didn't make kids waiters in the mid-90s. Okay? Right. So, to speak of, uh, at least I, if they did, they weren't in the catalog that my dad was ordering out of. Yeah. So, I wore whatever kind of waiters dad had or could find that he could, like, bunch up and, and fit us in. Yeah. So, so, I had a he a had of a pair tape of, involved. Well, yeah, but, but more than that, um, what he the way Dad solved the problem was he got some neoprene stocking foot waders that didn't have boots. You know, stocking foots where you don't have boots. Yeah, yeah. So he could take a size ten men's stocking foot and put my eleven, twelve year old foot in there, and then just cinch a boot up around it. It was easier to deal with the oversized nature of it. Whereas if he put my, you know, twelve year old foot in a size ten men's boot, yeah. there'd be four inches of empty space. Be and, tripping all yeah. over it. Yep. So. So, and See, I he, love that kind of scrapping it out, oh, yeah. making it work. Yeah, and uh, and the other trick he did was he would put he would go buy a box of drum liners, black mm-hmm. drum liners, big fifty five gallon drum liners, and he'd put one on each leg, and then he'd duct tape it loosely around my ankle, loosely around the knee, and then loosely at the top of my thigh. So you had like these zones. <laughs> well, I mean, I had waterproof. I yeah. mean, it, it was like he 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 waterproofed my legs. One because it seemed like all those canvas waders and stuff back then. And really, those neoprenes, especially, uh, they leaked bad. Um, and then two, it it just kind of gave him up. If I fell in, it 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 prevented some water from getting down my legs. No doubt, know? no doubt. Um, I like how he had like those baffles. Yeah, where he had like like yeah. layers of. Well, you had. I mean, with a fifty-five gallon <laughs> drum and a, a liner and a and a, a kid at twelve years old's only got about a twenty-four inch inseam. Yeah, you know hilarious. what I mean? So yeah, you had to kind of bunch it up. But uh, yeah, that was our that was. He'd buy a pair of like lace up army boots and then put that stocking foot in there and he'd lace those boots up and I gotta give it to him. I mean, he tried really hard when I was little. I mean, that's shoot, that's where that's how you that's where you get that passion. That's where it comes from is I mean, he my earliest memories of him trying to figure it out, you know, and yeah. I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared because he wasn't scared. So it was like anything to go do with dad, you know, but yeah. So back to that opening day, I, the first th- one thing I definitely remember is that was the first time I had waders that fit mm-hmm. and they were canvas Hodgman's. They were the banana flage old, you know, now what everybody calls old school camo, but they were just that splotchy yellowy yeah. yep. camo. And man, I thought I was I, the, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I was the cat's meow. And not only did I have waders that fit, I had one of the very first Columbia Widgeon three-in-one parkas in Bottomland, original Bottomland, with a reversible um, zip-out liner and, and shell loops. So on left breast and right breast, I had five shells in yeah, each boy. one. And Dad, Dad had to he, – he, I remember that morning I, I filled up every shell loop. And that – the outer coat also had five shell loops in each <laughs> so pocket down that. here left it, you know. So I had literally could carry ten on the left side of my body, five on the outer and five on the inner, 
and then 10 on the right side. I nearly had a whole box of shotgun shells in those <laughs> Hanging on elastic loops. And Dad was like, man, we need to get a float for the back of your head. You fall in, you're going to sink, you know? Uh, a, you're looking like the the cash changer yeah, at Sonic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, but, man, I, I thought I got a pair of waders that, does, that, that fit me. I can yeah. walk. I can go pick up cripples. I can go whatever I want to do. And I had, a, I had a waterproof jacket. I mean, I thought, you know, Life was couldn't get any better. You know, I had gear that worked. That's awesome. First thing. Second thing I remember was we shot, there were five of us, we shot our five-duck limit. Yeah. So 25 ducks. We had, you know, what was that? I guess that's 15 mallards and 10 yeah. teal. Did you have a dog with you? Oh, yeah, two dogs. Um, my uncle had a big yellow lab named Will. Will was a great dog. He had terrible allergies, and he couldn't smell anything. You could put a ribeye steak fresh off the grill in front of Will while he was sleeping, and he would not smell it. He would never find <laughs> it if you, you had to pick it up and give it to him. So he would walk over ducks, past ducks. He was a hilarious dog. Will was my dog's dad. So I had a yellow lab named Sandy that my folks got for me when I was in the eighth grade because we homeschooled. My dad thought we homeschooled one year in the eighth mm-hmm. grade. And uh, dad thought, well, you know, Young man ought to have a dog. And Sandy lived to be, I don't know, She, Sandy moved in with Lindy and I when we got married. So wow. she was kind of my dog from 12, 13 years old till you know, I was in my early 20s. But um, so Sandy and Will were there. Sandy was a puppy. Um, and so I, I keep rabbit trailing me. I, <laughs> these memories are so vivid. No, this is but, great. This so is the, what I want. So I, I said I remembered three specific things. The first was <laughs> that my gear fit. Yeah. The second was that um, we shot our ducks that morning, our full limit, and not one group of ducks came into our hole. Every duck that we killed came into Wendell's hole okay. and was a fly-out from Wendell's hole. <laughs> there were so many ducks in those woods, and we were so incapable of calling those ducks into <laughs> our hole that our strategy was to let Wendell and them shoot out. And then get the ones as they're leaving. Well, that wasn't our initial plan. Our initial plan was just let them shoot right. out, you and then we'll go it. get in there. Yeah. But the ducks were, the groups of ducks were so big that they'd fall in around Wendell's hole, and it would be a war and then there'd be mallards just for days flying out you know head high and so it was kind of a, it after the first time it happened my dad was like like man if y'all just like be ready new be ready. strategy this next, boys this next group like and i mean it would be it'd be a couple hundred of them they get on the trees and you're just like golly and i can remember the sense of anticipation not that we were about to get them in our hole but i can remember thinking golly let these ducks get down oh gosh go. here they go here they go they're gonna call the shot you reach over, grab your gun. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. You, you pick them out. And we shot our whole five duck limit, five guys, and did not decoy a single one of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. No. And, of course, Wendell's hole has now been chewed up with seven or eight other holes, and they took the big aquatic mulcher through that block of woods, and, and it's just – it doesn't exist anymore. They sure. literally – cut all the trees down and mulched it but uh so i remember my gear fit i remember we shot our full five duck limit and didn't decoy one of them but we didn't care i mean we were so happy and got out of the woods early and i mean we just really thought we had done something 
And then the third thing I remember about that hunt, and uh, the picture shows it, is that was the first time that there was enough ducks in the kill to pile them up on a log, and we took a log picture. That's and I, awesome. And I don't even remember thinking, like, it's log pick time, you know, everybody get behind the log. It was just there was this one big tree that had fallen in that hole, and it kind of had a big fork on it. And so we would let the dogs sit on that tree because of the fork. It just was, there was room for the dogs there. Mm-hmm. And so we set the dogs up, and we piled all the ducks up, and, and I've got a great Polaroid picture of, you know, the whole group of us. Just we, we put our camera up on a on on the other end of the tree, hit set the timer and hit go, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. ran around and the film camera, obviously. And uh, so, anyways, it, it it those are the things I remember about that hunt. I you know I've killed a heck of a lot more of them than those fifteen mallards and and ten teal, but um, I, you know, and I've I've accomplished some things that were of higher. Uh, yeah. Uh, quality quality <laughs> yeah. and and difficult level you know difficulty um but that one but, stands but that out. one just stands out man it it, it does um I, I don't know and that's kind of what you know you, you you even at 13 you think about it for nine months you know during the off season and then to have it all kind of come together and just that's what i remember is you know so anyways i love it <laughs> certainly not the best uh, hunt of all time, and and there's probably I'm trying to think there's but definitely been other openers. That one right there was a good one. That was opening day. That was the day that we raced Brooks Tinsley and the whole Lost Break crew uh, on foot. That was a good one. <laughs> who uh, who won the race? Uh, I did. <laughs> I Rob, sure. Rob, I don't lose races. <laughs> I mean, I, Brooks Tinsley can definitely match my level of intensity about virtually anything. In fact, he he's not matched my level of intensity. Brooke is, is so much more intense and yeah. driven than I am. It's ridiculous. Well, he's up here on the wall a few times, fair oh, few yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love hunting with Brooks. He's up there a bunch, actually. But that particular hunt, I beat him for two reasons. One, I knew where I was going, and he didn't. And two, um, he didn't try very hard. <laughs> like, like as I passed him, it was a foot race, and as I passed him, he was like, with some with some choice color in the words, he was like, "If you think beating me by fifty yards is gonna accomplish something, you know, blah blah blah." And I said, "If you think coming in second's gonna give, mean you can hunt here, you got blah blah." blah. We chewed each other like, uh, like we all been hunting with each other for a few years at that point, right? Oh no, 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 no. We had never hunted together at that point. That's the first time we hunted together. We had known each other for for some years, loosely through calling contests. I thought you were about to tell me that's how y'all met. (laughs) Well, it is. It's absolutely the first time we hunted. We really didn't know one another. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So we did. You could say that's when we met. We had shook hands a few times. They're not in that picture because we shot thirty eight that morning, but we had twenty seven guns. Mm. And we didn't want to take a picture with all 27 <laughs> ducks, those 38 ducks. So we, my crew got a picture, and then their crew got a picture. <laughs> but uh, That's hilarious. They were, they were headed somewhere completely different in a surface drive motor that was belt-driven, and the belt broke. And so they just literally broke down in the river channel right where we were on the bank. Uh, we were on the bank about to run in on dry ground, and so at like 3.30, 3.40 – they roll in, and it was, you know, I don't know. Hell, we had, I want to say we had 12 guns, and or we had 16 guns, and they had 12 or something. It yeah. was 
And so they rolled up, and we were like, you know, there's only a couple spots in here, and they're like, well, we're going for them. And we kind of, you know, chatted. You know, it was, it was what, very what's chipper. What's the line? Like, you got to get there firstest with the mostest. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but they they follow – so there's a trail that goes into that particular hole, like a almost like a logging road. Yeah. And it's like a rainbow, it, it like a half-moon shape mm-hmm. kind of goes. And so I told everybody, you know, we were, we were all kind of hemming and hawing, our group was. And, I mean, you can see in that picture – that's definitely fat spits. <laughs> I'm about midway back, oh, yeah. right behind. Chance. I couldn't find you at first, and then I went. Oh, there I was he a is. solid 245, 248, close pushing 250. In two that or one. three cheeseburgers away from 250 on that. Oh one for yeah, sure. yeah. Wearing some Drake waders that you could put a whole tribe of third world country kids in, you know, baggy sons of guns. You can say that. I can say. I've earned the right to say that. That's Don't right. stop me now. Anyways, uh. We were talking about who was going to run the hole in. That's Joseph Womack back there. He had trained for a marathon that year, and uh, that's Kari Ball. And he's just barely out of college. He was fit as a fiddle. And there's crazy old Keaton Sinkfield. And, and, I mean, we had a whole host of – I'm the oldest guy in that whole lineup by five years. Mm-hmm. And when Brooks's group rolled up, I huddled everybody up, and I said, hey, boys, up. Uh, this race is not going to be the fastest person down this trail because it makes this half moon shape. I'm going to pull old man trick and I'm going to cut off the, I'm going to go from point A to point Shortest B through distance the woods. Between a straight line. Yeah. And so we, and so when it, when we said go, I sent everybody in our group down the trail to intermingle with Brooks's crew. And I just cut it off straight to the, to the, to the, uh, I cut off. I, I just made a straight line from point A to point B and, uh, I lost Brooke in the process. She was supposed to go in with me, and, uh, you know, I, I, like I, I started running, yeah. and I was like, here, Brooke, you know, let's go. <laughs> and so the whole way to the hole, I'm hollering for Brooke. Brooke, and Brooke's Brooke, the- you know, she's gone. And I'm like, damn it, I've lost my family's favorite dog of all time, but I'm getting the hole, you know. <laughs> and so the whole time I'm yelling for Brooke, Brooks Tinsley, who I don't even know is Thinks in the world. you're yelling for him. Yes. <laughs> and so he's hollering back what you know and i'm like <laughs> i'm looking for my dog you know and he's he's like quit calling my name so to which i'm like brooke <laughs> so we're a couple hundred yards through the woods just yelling and cussing each other about that time you know they're coming around a corner making that half moon shape and i'm straight lining it and and i cross the trail into the hole yeah straight lining it and their whole group is like really doesn't know where they're going they just know that trail ends up in a hole and uh, and that's when he said that about, you know, you know, just because you beat us by 50 yards doesn't mean blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, because you're second, blah, blah, blah. He said, are you the son of a that's been calling my name? And I was like, are you the son of a name is the same as my dog? And he, about that time he went, Spence? And I went, what? He goes, Brooks Tinsley, you know, West Point, Mississippi. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah. Anyway, oh, that, that was hilarious. So they – because we'd gotten the hole, they were like, man, we broke down. We've never been back in this part of the woods yeah. before. And I was like, well, there's another hole right over there. I was like, man, why don't, why don't y'all walk over there and see if you can get it? Well, they walked all the way over to this other hole. And I told them, I said, if there's somebody over there and it's a problem, like, y'all come on back. Well, they walked all the way over to this other hole. And everybody turned on their lights. And so they've been beaten to that one. And so here right about shooting time, we're 16 guns deep in our hole. And here they come traipsing back through the woods and so we're just i'm like man you gotta be kidding me like all 12 of them are gonna <laughs> hunt with us and uh man they rolled in brooks was like 
well, dude, I really hate to do this, but we don't have a spot to hunt. Can we hunt with you? And I said, well, yeah, since we beat you to the hole, I guess it's on us to decide whether or not to host you. And <laughs> we'll be we'll be kind to a group of fellow out-of-staters, and so they all hunted. And That's a big group. It was a big, big group. But, you know, I met that morning I met some people that are so special to me. I met Murray Shows that morning. Yeah. Uh, I met John Woodard. John mm. Woodard is the uh, – He's now, I guess he's now the general manager or the CEO of Drake Waterfowl. At the time, yeah. he was the controller. So, he's kind of the CFO sort of guy. Um, and and John, John's been a huge fan and friend of everything we've done at Rolling Thunder through those years. But I had no idea that he was in the hole or friends with them. And um, That's funny. Met, basically met all the people that they hunt with at Lost Break regularly that morning. Yeah. Um, met Harrison. And uh, just like, yeah, and I mean, I'm telling you, like, it's not appropriate for this podcast. We cussed each other from 200 yards away as good as you could cuss (laughs) each other. And and Brooks is so intense. I mean, fiery. And he was angry because his the motor had broke down. And I was angry because this other group had shown up and was thought they could foot race us in. You know, we were both just chewing on each other and then we kind of got together and realized we knew each other and and then Brooke ended up being with them and so she had she followed the trail and followed where the whole group went and she missed the fact that I just cut it off straight distance oh she was just kind of walking with her head down and looked up and was like I'm in the hole and like they finally come in and like like like, yeah dang like trainer raced me to my spot then he took my dog like Uh, you guys are a bunch of losers (laughs) oh gee that's awesome that morning, there weren't just a ton of ducks, but, man, the first three groups that came over the woods, holy smokes, 28 callers. And, I mean, we just absolutely – they came in. They lost their minds. You, 28 uh, people yeah, was, They had 12. We had 16. Oof. So, 28 guns. I think it was actually 26 guns. We had two cameramen with us. Um, and so, it was a total of 28 people. And, heck, I think we had – Five or six dogs. Edward Wall's dog was a puppy at the time. Yeah. Uh, that's where he got the nickname the Chocolate Mule because I was like, I was like, hey, uh, y'all, y'all hold that big brown dog for just a minute and let my little little black one pick one up. But yeah, the first couple of groups that came over the woods that morning just they wanted they wanted where we were and we had the collars and the power to pull it off. And I think we shot four volleys. When we killed a band, you can see right there in that picture, Rick's holding, sure holding the hand. And, uh, oh, that was but, that one. I've seen that. Yeah, have you seen that clip? It was like one of the last ones shot of the day, and it was way up there or something. Well, it was uh, – so so the story on that band, you're right, it was one of the last ones, but uh, it was one of the last ducks in that group. It wasn't one of the last group. We, we only shot four volleys. I mean, we killed 38 or 39 ducks. But anyways, it was like one of the – the first or second volley, it was dang pitch black dark, just barely legal shooting time. Big Wad comes over the trees. We all hit them, and, I mean, they hooked it up and just did it right, and we blistered their tail. And Rick said, I shot a band. And we were like, okay, yeah. Rick. You know, everybody's like, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. Well, and with 28 people, like he said it to our group, and we were wrapped all the way around this dang hole. It looked like halftime of a college basketball game, you know. The, oh, yeah. Like yeah everybody was at the concession stand and standing around on the basketball court. You know, I like, got you. I got you. Uh, 
So when you'd shoot into a big volley, you know, everybody's out there picking up ducks and nobody knows where everything's falling. And, and of course, with that many guns, you know, like everybody's shooting stuff, getting out of the hole and just shooting this chaos. way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Rick's like, I killed a band on the first group. We're like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we're like, whatever, Rick. Well, like later on in the morning, like we we shot four groups pretty fast, four big groups, killed a bunch of ducks, and then it just kind of shut off that morning. Yeah. So we stood around for an hour or two waiting on more ducks to fly. And, like, after we had stood there for a while, no shooting, Rick's like, boys, I'm going to go look for this duck. And we're like, okay. You go know, ahead. I'm just like, you're crazy. And he starts looking in this little thicket. And, and this is an old hole. So so there's a big opening up top, which just means that tall grass and kind of willows. And there's just under a lot of undergrowth, mm-hmm. you know. There's not a big canopy over the top of it. He gets walks in this thing, and, and that block of woods, there's these, the, the way the brush grows, it's like these little willow-looking uh, buck brush, and then there'll be these, like, viney, leafy aquatic plants that kind of grow over the top of it. Yeah. So it's almost like you walk in there underneath it, and you're yeah, kind yeah, of in, yeah, a, yeah. you know, like a whole other world. And there was this little clump, <laughs> and I, I swear on my life, it was right in front of him. It was not 10 feet from where he was, the tree he was on. And he ducks in this little thing, and I'm just looking over there at him thinking, that crazy son of a gun. Like, there's no way, number one, he killed a band in the dark. Number two, he saw it. And number three, there's no way that duck fell 10 feet in front of him, and, and he, we hadn't already found it. We yeah. got five dogs and 28 people. Like, somebody saw it. <laughs> somebody saw it. I swear on my life, he comes out of there with a hen mallard, and he said, Whoa, I told y'all! <laughs> and we're... Like, I didn't believe it. We called the band in before I believed it. I figured he'd gone in there and put, it put one on and then, all that. Yeah. Dangest thing I ever seen. He said, I'm telling you, I seen it shining. I waited till the end, and I shot her, I shot her getting out. He said, I was checking legs. and just. He I said, I figured we had legs. enough guns. I'd just check for legs. And he said, I seen it. Seen it shining <laughs> like new money. God almighty, Rick. So, anyway. Uh, that's man. awesome. <laughs> Oh, uh, some good people in that picture. Heck but. yeah! <laughs> I need to I need to go find all those pictures so we can post. So we can, I yes. know what every one of them is. Okay, good. It's my uh, favorite thing about this office. <laughs> I love looking at all those pictures and shoot, yeah. W- kind of walking back down memory. It makes me happy, man. You just walk in here and a lot you of got good about fifty more to put on the wall too. I've run out of ground. wall space. But anyways, well. That's about all the opening weekend stories I feel like telling today. <laughs> you think they got one. their money's worth? I think that I think they did. <laughs> I think they did, but Oh, big man. weekend ahead. Yeah. I guess my parting two notes would be or note would be uh man, be nice to people. Life's yeah. short. Don't cuss anybody. Try not to get in a boat race. But don't go late into a hole and beg somebody to hunt with them. <laughs> go find your own spot. There's in all the talk about how crowded the public woods are in Arkansas, every day of Arkansas duck season, there will be tons and tons and tons of open holes that nobody's hunting in. But people will race to one or two spots because they think that's the only spot to kill ducks. Man, grow a pair, be a big boy, go hunt somewhere that somebody else doesn't want to hunt and try to learn how to be a better hunter so you mm. don't have to have conflict with other hunters. Like, we need to be getting along, man. We don't need to be fighting in the woods and – Cussing at There's, each other from 200 yards yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Like, I don't need to act like that. And and none of us should. Like, it's supposed to be a good time. Yeah. Go go yeah. with your family and your friends and um, have fun. But seriously, go 
instead of everybody racing for the <laughs> for the most popular two spots, for the go, known yeah, holes, go, yeah, go figure out a spot that somebody's not racing for, or there's not you know twenty seven groups, and go in there early, go at four o'clock, you know, go go on time, but 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 try to get off the edges and try to hunt the spots that that you won't have conflict with people, and it'll it'll make you a better duck hunter, and and you'll find that the woods are not nearly as crowded as the world wants you to think they are, what mm. happens is there's crowding in very small areas on every WMA because there's kind of a coveted, named, old, traditional spots, and everybody wants that couple of clustered spots, you know. And every WMA's got those handful of spots. But if you get out of, outside of those spots, man, you can you can find spots that you can walk to or that you can boat to. Um, there's, there's plenty of access. The WMAs are big. Yeah, I mean, and and even the small yeah. ones, man. There's there's just spots that other people are not at. I got you. The thing is, they're just less desirable spots, and be okay with that. You know, like 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 go go be a good person this weekend. Have a good time. Don't 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 get your blood pressure out of whack. <laughs> you know, <laughs> probably the younger man in me would be embarrassed to hear myself saying <laughs> that now. I'm sounding like an old man, but it's it's true. We weren't racing when I was 13, I can promise you that. There was no boat racing back then. But what you remember is not the conflict and not the stress and all that. You remember the good times. And so really what no I'm doubt. trying to say is go hunt with people you care about this weekend. Spend time with them. The ducks are just – I think Ira McCauley said it on an Instagram post I saw the other day. You know, the ducks are just the common denominator that make all the connections – so much, you know, that, that make the connections possible. Mm-hmm. But it's really the people All the other. and the relationships and the memories that that make that make it what it is. You know, it's mm-hmm. not it's not just the piles of ducks. Those are just kind of the they're the glue that holds all the other stuff together. You know I what I mean? That. They're they're the reason that 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 we're doing what we're doing. But it's the other stuff that you always remember. You know, <laughs> so. Anyways, good luck to everybody this weekend. True, I for sure. Hope you shoot a pile of them. Good luck, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. All right, y'all take care.